0: Hi, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here at Lost Flores Church, and we are in the middle of this series. It's been going on for quite a while now because we've been following this nation of Israel. We started in Genesis chapter 12 with Abram, and now we've made our way into Exodus. And, and last week, we learned about the Israelites becoming slaves. For 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt. And we also found out that the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, now was afraid of these slaves. And so he started to kill their newborn baby boys so that this, this race of people would not continue to grow. And so that's where we find them today in this journey of the Israelite people. 400 years as slaves, they are being treated just horribly. Uh, But now in Exodus chapter 2, we meet an individual named Moses. And let me start reading to you from verse 1. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch, and then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And, and so now you have this this family. They have a boy, and he looks healthy and strong. Now, one thing to remember is that this is Moses who actually wrote Exodus, and so just the fact that he put in there that he was a fine child, just kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Just a side note there. So so Moses was this fine child and his parents are looking at this kid going, we can't let him be murdered. And, and so they keep him hidden. And, and when he becomes too old to hide, they, they hide him in these these reeds in the Nile. And so you can imagine his big sister just kind of watching from a distance. And, and as that happens, here comes the Pharaoh's daughter down to bathe. And while she's bathing, she hears some crying. And she starts looking through the reeds, and there she finds this basket with this baby in it. Now, she knows it's a Hebrew baby. She knows that they're all supposed to die, but I I guess it's kind of like finding a lost puppy or something. It's like, oh my goodness, look at this precious thing. And so this, the Pharaoh's daughter falls in love with this baby. And the big sister, being really wise here, goes goes walking by and goes, oh, do you need some help with this baby? <laughs> and the lady says, yes, I need someone to nurse it. So she goes and gets her mom. So Moses' mom actually gets the privilege of, of nursing him and raising him for a little bit before they take him back. And in chapter, or verse 10, it says, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, "I drew him out of the water." So now, uh, Pharaoh's daughter has this child, and she names him Moses. Not, not Moses's mom, but the Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter names him Moses. And I, I love this. It simply just means, drew him out of the water. And when I look at that, I think, "Oh my gosh!" You remember, you remember in Jeremiah chapter one verse five when it says. It says that God knew him before he was born and he took him and he set him apart. Man, we use that for, for Joseph, but think about this for Moses. I mean, all of the boys his age are being, are being murdered and yet he is set apart. There's something special about this Moses. And so he doesn't grow up as a slave. He grows up in the palace. He, he's a prince. I mean, and so it's, Almost like, you can almost step back and say, oh, this is obvious, God. This is obvious that you're grooming this man to eventually help his people be free. In verse 11, it says, one day after Moses had grown up. Now we're going to learn in Acts that he was 40 years old at this point. So he was not just a young man. He's 40 years old. And here he is. He's out watching the Israelite people suffer. It, now, he knows that he's Hebrew. I, I don't know how he knew, then obviously they were honest with him. So he knew that he was a Hebrew, which remember is a is a slang word by the Egyptians because they detested shepherds or people that worked out in the field. Anyone that wasn't an Egyptian was Hebrew to them. There was, it was a slang, a racist word. And so here he is, he's watching his his people And they are being abused, and he's watching this Egyptian slave driver basically just beat this this poor Israelite man. And Moses becomes angry, and he goes down, and he takes the Egyptian, and he kills the Egyptian. And then he buries him in the sand. Now, Moses in this is probably thinking, look what I did for you, you Israelites. Look, Look what I did. You know, I'm, I'm this important prince who's supposed to be on Egypt's side, but really I'm on your side, and I'm, and I'm guessing that is what Moses was thinking. But unfortunately, the next day, he goes back, and when he goes back, he sees two Israelites fighting among each other, and he goes, what are you guys doing? You guys are on the same side, and they, they turn on him, and they say, what are you going to do, kill us like you did the Egyptian? You, is that what you're going to do? And Moses all of a sudden realizes that what he did wasn't kept secret. They didn't view him as being on their side. They just viewed him as some arrogant Egyptian prince. And, And so all of a sudden, Moses is terrified. And eventually, Pharaoh finds out. In verse 15, it says, When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. Where he sat down by a well. Now, it, this is an interesting Old Testament story because you can actually go to the New Testament to Acts and you can find the, a little bit of added information about Moses. Uh, Stephen, before he is martyred in the book of Acts, it's actually Acts chapter 7, he, in part of his speech, he talks about Moses. I'm gonna read you a part of it. It says, At that time Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. Then he was placed outside. Pharaoh's daughter took him, brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Then in verse 23 of Acts 7, it says, when Moses was 40 years old. And so it gives us this, this idea that he was 40 years old. It says he was no ordinary child. He was, he was different from basically all of the Israelite kids. He was different. He was unique. He was set aside. It's like God had a plan for him. And, and it says Moses was educated. So he wasn't just educated like the Israelites. He was educated in all the Egyptian wisdom too. So he had the best of both worlds happening here, and he was powerful in speech and action, which Moses will disagree with later, but but here we're hearing that he was a pretty powerful guy in action and in speech. And so when he's 40 years old, it goes on, he kills this Egyptian, and he has to run away. And so Stephen goes on in his speech, and he says, Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. Now, I I find this very interesting, that Stephen adds this into part of his speech. Because when you look at this, Moses is out, and he's watching from a distance, watching the Israelites suffer. And in Moses' mind, and this is kind of an assumption by me, he's thinking, I'm going to help these people. I'm, in, I'm this important person. I, I understand the ways of the Egyptians. I understand the ways of the Israelites, and I'm going to help them. And so when he steps in and he, he kills this Egyptian, he's in some ways hoping the Israelites are going to see this and go, oh, finally we have a Savior. But they don't like Moses either. <laughs> and, and so I believe part of Moses running away is not just that the Pharaoh wanted to kill him, but was also this rela- realization that, man, I went out in a limb for them and they rejected me. I, I have no purpose here. And, and so Moses' hopes and dreams of being the one to set his people free, which I'm just guessing were there from childhood, from, from his early adult years watching this and trying to figure out how he could set them free, To now, his dreams are just smashed. He realizes that he's not wanted there by Pharaoh, by the Egyptians, or by the Israelites. And so he runs away. How many times have you come up with this dream? Or maybe it's a lifelong dream and you're excited about it. And you even have these feelings that this is what I was created for. And you start down that path, and man, you have setbacks. You have failures. You hit a brick wall or somebody tells you, it's not going to happen here. Over and over, we have that happen, don't we? And, and so often, we do exactly what Moses did. We quit. We run away. We, we kick ourselves. We tell each other, what a dumb idea. And what happens, we had this calling, this purpose. And, and because it changed from what we thought it was because we hit this wall and we give up and we walk away from it we're back to exodus and moses is now sitting by a well he's run away and, and midian is a long ways from egypt he he didn't run for a day and, and stuff he went at least three day or more journey before he stopped and he rested by a well and there are some some women come that, that are tending sheep. And they're being harassed by some other shepherds. So Moses steps in, helps the women water their sheep, and then they go back to their dead. I, I want to read to you what happens then. They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Ruel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. So here's Moses, 40 years old and now a fugitive. He can't go back to Egypt because the Pharaoh wants him dead. He he thought he had a purpose in Egypt, but now he doesn't have a purpose. So he's living in the hills. A long ways from where he's supposed to be, over 300 miles from Egypt. And what's he do? He becomes a shepherd, which I think is ironic at best, right? Because his people, the Israelite people, were shepherds. That's who they were. And so he becomes a shepherd. He gets married and he settles down. In all reality, he starts planning retirement. That's his new life. His new lot in life. He had dreams. He had hopes. He had, he had this plan. But it's over now. Meanwhile, back in Egypt, we find in Exodus 2, verses 23, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, And with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So, as we wrap up Exodus chapter 2, the Israelites are in the same place they have been for 400 years. They're slaves. And the slavery keeps getting more and more difficult, and the people are crying out to God. And in Exodus chapter 3, God responds. And he responds by showing up to meet. Moses. Here's what happens. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. So we've all heard about the burning bush right this bush is on fire but it's never consumed and Moses is out there tending the sheep and he's looking at this going what is happening and and so Moses walks over to this this bush And, and inside the bush a voice speaks to him in verses four through six it says when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look God called to him from within the bush Moses Moses and Moses said here I do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. Have you ever been in a place in life where you just think, man, all my, all my hopes, all my dreams, everything I, I thought I would be, is over. It's gone. I mean, this is the life I have to live now. This is who I am. And, and then all of a sudden something happens and and you have this this reawakening, <laughs> this this calling. Maybe God speaks to you. Maybe maybe you're sitting in and listening to a sermon or you're listening to a podcast and all of a sudden something clicks inside of you. And it's almost like God says, "I'm not done with you." I believe this is what's happening right here. Moses is tending sheep like he has been for 40 years. And and he's walking along and he sees this bush and he walks over and then God speaks to him. And and Moses, for the first time in 40 years, remembers. (laughs) Remembers, maybe there's a little fire inside of him, maybe something, but he remembers who he was supposed to. Here's what it says in verses 9 and 10. This is what God says to Moses. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. (laughs) I'm just guessing at this point Moses has this conflict inside of him. Oh, I had that dream. (laughs) I actually started to pursue that dream, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work, God. That dream's gone. It's been 40 years. I'm 80 years old now, God. In fact, Moses responds just like this in verse 11. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? It's this reminder that I, I tried to be good to the Israelites, and they didn't want me. It, the Egyptians then tried to kill me. I, I'm I'm an outcast on either side. I'm, who am I to go back? And God said, it, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters that I'm going with you. Listen to what He says. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Now, I just want you to hear what God just said to Moses. Moses is saying, God, you don't understand. Who am I? They don't want me. They don't want me. I, I am nobody. And God says, it doesn't matter who you are, Moses. It matters who I am. It doesn't matter who you are, Moses, because I'm going with you. That's the, the greatest message in this whole call is, Moses, you're not going by yourself, so knock it off. I'm telling you, you're going, and I'm going with you. Even with that, though, Moses doesn't quit making excuses. In Exodus chapter 4, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and and say, the Lord did not appear to you? (laughs) That's a legitimate thing. It's like, oh my goodness, God, what, what am I supposed to say? I mean, what if they ask these questions? And But then he continues with his list of excuses. In verse 10, he, Moses said to the Lord, uh, pardon your, service, your servant, Lord, I, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And Moses is saying, I don't have what it takes, God. I don't speak well. I, I, my tongue gets tied. And, and he doesn't stop there. In fact, in verse 13, Moses said, pardon me again lord please send somebody else please I I can't do it I'm 80 years old I've been I, I've been out of that game for 40 years just leave me be send somebody else he begs God to send somebody else I I, I just want to say I've been there And not once or twice. I've been there so many times where I feel the calling. I feel the pull. And I go, oh no, God, not me. You've got the wrong guy. I cannot do that. Or I can't do that again. I already failed once. I'm not even going to try that one again. God just, man, did I mess that one up. What's amazing here is each time Moses makes an excuse, God responds to him with an answer. Now eventually he does get Quite angry, but we're just going to talk about this first two excuses and God's response in those. The first one, I already told you, he said, I'll be with you. Uh, Moses, don't worry, I'll be with you. Uh, the second thing that God says to Moses, you remember when Moses goes, But well, what am I supposed to tell them, God? I mean, they asked me who sent me, who am I supposed to tell them? They're, they're not going to believe me that God sent me. And God says this to Moses. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. Mm -hmm. I am has sent me to you. You see, for the first time you get this. You want to know who to tell them? Tell them, I am has sent you. Remind them who this God is. He's the God of their their forefathers. He's the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of Joseph, and now Moses. He is this God. And if they want to know who sent you, you just tell them that God that has always been and will always be has sent you. What God is telling him is that no one created him. God created them, but no one created him. You remember Moses' first response to God was, well, who am I to go? (laughs) And so later God tells him, it doesn't matter who you are. Because I am (laughs) is sending you. And he's saying, that's all you need. God is literally telling Moses, I am is all you need. How many times have you said, God, I can't do it. I, I, I can't do it. It's impossible. I've failed before. I'm failing now. I can't do that. And we have our list of excuses. Moses had four. We have many more than four, don't we? That's how we respond. And what does God say to us? He just said it to Moses. You know what God says? He says, I will be with you. And I am all you need. The God that has always been here. The God that is and the God that will always be gives us this promise I will be with you when you're afraid when you've failed when you've fallen down when you don't want to move on and when you're on top of the mountain the great I am is with you every step of the way just like he was with Moses